Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Chef Special. This is Patrick Honeywell. Today's special guests are three renowned pastry chefs. Franck Colombi, professor of pastry at the prestigious Belway Conseil School in Paris, France. Yana Lai, also an instructor at Belway Conseil and vice champion at the 2023 World Pastry Cup. And Vincent Pilon, master chocolatier and executive pastry chef at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. On today's podcast, we discuss curriculum and student mix at the top pastry school in Paris preparing and competing in the most prestigious pastry competition in the global pastry scene, and the challenges of managing the massive pastry operations of a top Las Vegas casino hotel. Great to have you guys here. Thanks for being on the show, Miana and Frank and Vincent. I'm so fortunate to know you and have you as friends and three amazing pastry chefs, so this is great. So first, I want to talk a little bit with Frank and Yana about Belway Conseil. Belle Conseil School is amazing in Paris. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the student mix? What type of students do you get? You know, bakers, pastry cooks, owners, what type of people come? Huh. So maybe we'll pick just this week so we can just see what kind of people have come this week. Basically, for our classes, we get a lot of owners of boulangeries and pâtisseries who come to upskill. In my class, I had a teacher at another school that teaches apprentices. So she came to upskill herself in order to pass on some skills to her students. And another one who came from Guadeloupe, who wanted to learn some specialties to take back to his country. And in your class, uh, who my did class, you know? uh, it was one, two owners, both from uh, Pasquin, France, two working in another place, and one from Korea, South Korea. Great. So what would you say that as far as their level would be? Beginning students, intermediate, advanced? You probably get a lot of advanced students, but what's your mix? Normally, uh, it depends because some people are more skilled in certain things, but less skilled than others. So in terms of skill, they might be missing a bit of skill in something. And so they want to learn more in order to upskill. But then overall, we have a training program for beginners. So this normally are just complete beginners and all our other courses normally for professionals, but we do accept all different levels really because we have a lot of patients. So come one, come all. <laughs> You're all welcome. And you have great, uh, great instructors, of course, you two, and I know you have a great uh, group over there. So you get probably people coming that want boulangerie, um, patisserie, maybe chocolat. Would you get more on one than another? We specialize normally in the world of pâtisserie. So boulangerie is not really our specialty, but we invite three boulangers. We come maybe Ludovic Richard comes four times a year and we have two other ones who come once or twice a year maximum and they cover the, the world of boulangerie. But we normally do like pâtisserie. So that's a confectionery, chocolate, uh, petit gâteau, entremets, tarts, sugar, sugar pieces, chocolate pieces, whatever you can imagine, we cover. Is it strictly French products, French style, or do you mix in some other styles? Uh, normally it's French style, but we kind of go, every year we create new courses. Sorry, I'm doing all the talking. <laughs> every year we create new courses. And with these courses, we kind of go with new trends, but always resting within the structure of French pastry. 
French uh, techniques. Understood. And then maybe Franck can speak to this a little bit. I know you do some offsite consulting. You were recently in Morocco, I think for two weeks, and you consulted with us, as has uh, Vincent as well at the Le Chef Bakery. So maybe talk a bit about how often you consult outside. We go there, so everywhere in the world, and we we come with new technique or some ideas ideas or different petit gâteaux we can produce and sell on the shop. Because, for example, in Morocco, they have seven boutiques. So seven. seven boutiques. So when you make the list of the petit gâteaux you will make there, you have to think about the production. Because seven, petit, seven boutiques to delivery every morning. Not six, seven. But didn't he say seven? Hold on. Maybe Vincent heard it better than I did. I thought he said seven. But when you train, did you train in one of the units, one place? Yes. Okay. It was a unit center. Yeah. Okay. It was like uh, 20 people there. Got you. What did they learn from you? What did they want to learn? They want to learn the new ideas, new decoration, new type of pastry, because Morocco, they, are, they use it to eat something very sweet. Mm-hmm. And our pastry is like less sweetness. So it was complete. And the technique is different. The taste is different. The decor is totally different. So they, it was new for them, but it was enjoyed. They was enjoyed to learn that and to produce that. And I think you mentioned the food was good. So that makes the trip that much better. I'd love to have some of that Moroccan rice, you know? Yeah, same. Okay, so the, obviously the students want to improve their repertoire, you know, their goals, you know, maybe kick their resume up a little bit. Maybe they even would want to move to Vegas to work with someone like Chef Vincent if they ever want to come to the States. Does that happen? Do they actually say, oh, I want to learn because I want to, transfer them to another country or one year at the class? I have two friends uh, and they're amazing. They're, I'm not just saying that, but they're very good pastry chefs. They're looking for jobs in Las Vegas. If you know any jobs, Vincent. <laughs> There's plenty of jobs. The, the problem is, uh, is visas and permits. You know what I mean? There was a time in the early 2000s where we couldn't do visas and work permit uh, easily. Now it's much, much more difficult. Trust me, I would welcome all these uh, talents in Las Vegas for sure. But as much as I would love to bring these people, it's almost impossible. Uh, Like Australia. It's also the hotels, you know, they don't want to pay for those visas no more. So they would rather find the talents locally or nationally without going outside. But for me, it's, it's difficult, you know. You guys have a hard time looking for people in the U.S. to work. Is it hard to find chefs at the moment? Ever since COVID, it's been difficult, you know, because there is plenty of jobs. It's just people don't want to work no more. It's sad to say, but very often you you have uh, interviews and things like that, and people just don't show up, don't even show up. What? Yeah. It's hard because we're back in action like previously, it's so, so busy right now in Las Vegas. It's just hard to find the people. Mm, I can understand. It's the same here. It's, yeah, it's the same with now. Mm. Yeah. That's so true. People get used to not maybe having to work and then you say, okay, come on in. They go, huh? When people stay at home, they realize how crazy is the job market. You know, in France, you have more of a balance of work and life. In America, it's, it's work, work, work. At least that's how it was before COVID. And now people want to balance their life a little more. And uh, when you're in the hospitality business or pastry business or any of those, you know, it's a lot of hours, you know. Yeah, it makes sense. Especially working in a hotel. It's 24-7. 
never stops. It never stops. It's just, it keeps going, keeps going. Especially Las Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas casino hotels. It's, it's amazing. Especially when you're a great chef like Vincent, of course. People want you everywhere. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Yana, you just completed the Coupe de Monde. How did you prepare for something like that? We started, there's a qualification round and so normally in the team, it's made up of three people, one for chocolate, one for sugar and one for ice. So actually in the beginning, they had cut out the ice category and then the ice people here kind of rallied around to say, bring back the ice. And so in the beginning, they had two qualifications, one for sugar and one for chocolate. And one of the guys in the team came first in the qualification competition. And the other guy came first in the sugar qualification and I came second. And so after that, because they brought in the ice category again, they said, um, rather than picking somebody who does ice and train them in other things, it's probably better to take somebody who can do chocolate and sugar and then they can just train in uh, ice. And so they contacted me and asked me uh, if I was interested and I said, that'll cost you a million dollars. Only? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Of course. I said, yes. <laughs> I joined that and I started sculpting at the end of September. So I'd never done that before. And so I had somebody who came to see me once every two weeks to help me with my eyes, help me to progress. And on the side, I had, yeah, I trained all the time at the same time. I kind of was overlooking as well the sugar show piece and chocolate to kind of learn their side of things as well. So kind of just in case, if anything happened, I could kind of jump in and help them during the competition, etc. That's how it kind of worked. And then afterwards, it was just training, 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 repeat, repeat, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to have great chemistry with a team like that, right? Everybody's so strong and so different, right? In their category. It was like a family. And uh, even the last two months, the place that we trained at was a laboratory. It was the laboratory of Alain Ducasse, just outside of Paris. And there was an upstairs area and we set up inflatable mattresses everywhere so that we could uh, sleep over there so that we would save time. And so we worked every day from the morning till some, a lot of times time, the morning as well, every day, seven Seven, seven days a week, uh, every single day. Gosh. Once you're in the competition, is it like four hours, eight hours or what? How much time do you have? Ten hours. We had ten, ten hours. hours. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. Just, just testing you, if you remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Now, fondest memory and maybe your least fondest memory of doing this competition during the competition. Yeah. Fondest memory was the ending where we finished and everything was on the table and we all came together and we hugged it out. And there was just a lot of great emotions that came after that. And that was wonderful. We were like a family. And what was the other question? Did you have any memories that weren't as fond? Like, oh my gosh, I dropped that showpiece, you know, or, oh, this is, we don't have enough time to finish this. And, but you did, you know. The least fondest memory was <laughs> I had a lamp, a sugar torch, uh, whatever you call it, in front of me. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of reached over, grabbed something, and I kind of just like removed uh, half the arm hair on my arm from the flame. So yeah, <laughs> that was cool because it was a cheap way of removing my hair. Well, there's no extra charge for that, right? I mean, that's a good thing, actually. <laughs> it hurt a little bit, but it, it was free. <laughs> yeah, and then you had to match the other arm. So where's the torch? Got to get someone to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Okay, interesting. Uh, Vincent, do you have, because you've done a lot of competitions, want to go over to talk a bit about some of the things you've done, but also, I mean, you've won a lot of different chocolate championships in the U.S. Do you have any questions for Yana about how it was structured there? No, no, it all sounds very familiar, what she went through. But It's all familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, I don't miss it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that's probably when I learned the most is when I was practicing and competing, you know. And a lot of people say, I don't judge the quality of a pastry chef the way he competes, but I judge people on their everyday work. The truth is uh, doing competitions helped me a lot, actually, in my everyday work. Because when you first make a buffet, when you first make a showpiece, and it takes you 24 hours to make a showpiece, and you have to scale it down to 10 hours, that's when you start uh, thinking about finding tricks, making molds to shave time, you know, to go faster. And then when you work in a big production uh, facility and you have different types of talents, you know, some people are good at this, some people are good at that, but you want consistency. Well, if you want consistency, then you start creating your own molds so it doesn't take a lot of talents, you know, to make something. What I like is consistency. So if I want a dessert to be consistent, I have to make a mold of a shape, for example. So it's hard to explain, but competing helped me a lot. You know, it helped me to learn how to make molds, teach me how to make gelatin molds, to make silicone molds, to make all type of things, you know, so I can work faster and more consistent. And then what I learned from competing, I brought it to my everyday production. Well, I remember when I first met you, we had a sales rep that said, let's go over to the Cosmopolitan and meet uh, Vincent Pilon. And so we walked in, you were in the chocolate room, I believe, and I brought in some macarons to show you, to, to see what you thought. And you were so kind and gentle. You were very, very nice. You said, oh, yeah, they look, they look good. And then you started giving me some, some soft tips on how to make the color a little bit better. Like mix, like, do you mix your own color or do you just go straight from, oh, you know, try mixing this because yours are so beautiful. You know, the ones that you, you had out in the, the little uh, shop that was down below in the Cosmo. And anyway, you, you were great. And then you gave me a little box of chocolates that you made. And I thought, oh my gosh, what, what a gentleman. Very cool. Yeah, it was so it's nice to meet you. And then jumping back real quickly to Franck, when I first met you, was your upon show, your upon. And that's when we went to your booth at the school and we were looking around. No schools had products like yours. Nothing was closed. And oh my gosh, the owner just said, we have to get somebody from here. And they said that you spoke English and you were a really amazing professor there. And so that was amazing to have you come. And Yana, I met you just, of course, through the first podcast and hopefully get to know you better and better if you ever make it out. We need to get Le Chef to have you all come to consult because Vincent's consulted on a killer eclairs. I'm waiting for my invitation. <laughs> Hold on, I got, a I got a phone call. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Let's get back to Vincent for a moment. <clears throat> Just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, amazing. All of you, amazing. <laughs> and Vincent, you had these little trick, cool things to make the glaze, a shiny glaze and the eclair to where you could freeze it. And it stays. It's amazing how you did that. I'm not going to take the credit for this because I'm a very, very good friend with uh, Mathieu Blondin that used to work for Pascal Café. And he came to see me on vacation in Las Vegas. And usually when he comes here for two weeks, I kidnapped him for full week. And then so I took him to the bakery and we work on all kind of a, you know, because I don't know if you know Pascal Café in France, but he does 
massive volumes. It's not industrial. It's not artisan. It's in between. So they're, they're very, very good at, at producing quality pastries and consistency. So when he came, I wanted to work on eclairs. I wanted to work on all kind of uh, stuff like that. And the guy is so passionate. And so those recipes are not my recipes. Those recipes were from Pascal Café. Amazing. I mean, just amazing. And you're uh, just a great teacher. You and Franck, amazing teachers. So something on the Cosmo, I mean, we work a lot with Las Vegas with different casinos and customers that we have. How do you see the trending or the type of products you're making? You probably came over and everything was very strictly French. And then you get requests maybe from catering that says, you know, we need something Italian or it's a buffet that's going to be buffets of the world. Do you see the type of products you're making leaning over to one nationality versus another? Is it kind of a mix there? It's really a mix, and Las Vegas is a mix. So you have people from all over the world, from Asia to South America to North America to Europe, I mean, you name it. So plus in the hotels, we have about, what, 15 restaurants? And we have from Asian fusion to Italian to more American to French restaurant. I mean, you name it. So there's not one tendency more than the other. It's all together. And then sometimes you can do a French classic with uh, Asian flavors, or you can do a, an Asian classic with French flavors, whatever. You know, I mean, it's, I'll say one thing about Vegas is uh, it keeps you challenged all the time. You never, it challenges everything. It challenges you with pastries. It challenges you with chocolate, room amenities, you name it. I always feel like, uh, all right, that's it. You know, I'm going to relax a little bit now. And then, boom, I receive an email and we have a VIP coming in. And then, for example, yesterday, there's a lady, her name is uh, Tessa White, and she's a public speaker, motivational uh, speech of a career to help you on your career and stuff like that. She just wrote a new book and she's going on a book tour. She's She was staying at the Cosmo and they said, oh, she's coming in a few days and can you do a, a nice room amenity? And uh, the budget is... $500. So I'm like, $500, that's a lot of money. So I have to do something nice. So I came up with a showpiece and I made a chocolate book with the cover of her book. And so I sent it to the room and then she loved it so much and she wanted to meet me. And then, so I met with her and she gave me her book. She signed the book and everything. So that wasn't a real book. I, I saw you post that photo. I was going to ask you if I'd get a copy that was made of chocolate. Well, I have a copy. Yeah. <laughs> I give you the chocolate book, but I keep the, the book. <laughs> that is so funny. Hey, by the way, you said you have 15 restaurants. Um, I think that Franck said he only had seven boutiques. So you beat him, right, Franck? Seven boutiques in Morocco? Yes. 15 in Vegas. We got to get you to Vegas. <laughs> For sure. But Las Vegas is always like that, huh? <laughs> the production must be huge for 15 restaurants. That must be huge. So much work. It's not just the restaurant. It's also room service. And we have about almost 4,000 rooms. <gasps> yeah. So there is room service and then there's banquets. And banquets is really what keeps us the, the busiest, more than the restaurants. Yeah. We have yeah room service, restaurants, coffee shops, banquets, conventions. Yeah, it's massive. But it's like I always say, it's not a one-man show. You know, I mean, I'm lucky. I have about 30 some employees. I have three sous chefs. Very, very smart. They're all girls, actually. <laughs> you tend to surround yourself by really great women that are pastry chefs. I noticed that. They're not French. My assistant, she's Chinese. She used to work for Dominique Ancel in New York, and she opened Dominique Ancel in Japan, London. 
She's great. She's absolutely amazing. Super, super smart. Extremely organized. And then I have two other girls also very talented and but very smart. And what I'm looking for more than anything for my chefs is... Women. We <laughs> want them to be smart more than anything. It happens that I guess women are smarter than guys, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, they're... You hear that, Frank? Did you hear that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, well, I'm agree because when I work in Korea, I always work with girls. I think they are more delicate, they are more clean for finish the cake or everything. He's exactly right. I think they have that little something that some guys have, but not all of them. And they're also more creative. There is a sensual side that women have, and you can see it on their work also. They're more delicate. The finish, you know, they're very, they're more artistic, more creative, I feel. <laughs> what do you think? I, I don't say anything. Frank, how about, what, do you feel the same? You said the same. Yeah, yeah no, that's true. Wow. Some guys are good too. Well, you two are the exception. I mean, you guys are off the charts. So, Yana got very quiet when I said that. Whoops. I'm not trying to put the guys down. The guys are great too. But for some reason, uh, when I interview for a position, I always get attracted more to, not physically, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, spit it out. <laughs> All right, it just happened to move that way. You know what I mean? It's all good. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> but, you know, we talk about pastries, but when you run a hotel like Cosmo or any big hotels in Vegas, the administrative side of it is massive. When you talk about ordering, when you talk about scheduling, vacation time, banquets, BO meetings, all that stuff. You have to be so organized. So pastries is not everything for me. You know, pastries, of course, it's a big part of it, but you need to be smart. You need to be organized. You need to know how to sit behind a computer and then leave your computer and go on the floor and work production. You know, it's not easy. Yeah, and I think that especially challenging for the three of you would be if everyone had your position with the quality we have. If you have a banquet, for say 2000, what's one of the biggest banquets you've ever had for plated dessert? Oh, the biggest banquets I ever had, it was in that Cosmo. It was at uh, Mandalay Bay mm -hmm. and it was uh, 10,000 people. Oh, was that plated? A plated dessert or buffet? Yes, it was plated. So we started the day before. So that my point though is, I mean, I was going to say is when you get people with really high standards like yourself and Yana and Frank, everything has to be perfect. Each component part has to be magnificent. And you got to do for 10,000. 10,000 people, it's not like that. 10,000 people, it's like uh, working the chain. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's not pretty. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but can you keep it pretty up to 1,000 people? Or when does it drop off? Yes, yes, yes. 1,000 people, yes. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen, but in Vegas on New Year's Eve, for example, when you see those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, actually thousands of dessert lined up in a room, you know, we do little show pieces for the most I did was 4,000 show pieces mm. on New Year's Eve. Wow. wow. What was it? What was the show piece? What'd you make? I may have seen it. That was back in the days when I was at the Rio. The theme was, uh, it was all mermaids and stuff like that. So it was a couple of mermaids. I remember when I was done airbrushing, I repainted the entire kitchen from ceiling to the, it was crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Cocoa butter went everywhere. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you burn the hair off your arm? Like Yana or no? 
No, no, no. That's my specialty. But your cocoa butter you use for your skin. That's why your skin looks so great, right? Is the cocoa butter. No, no, cocoa butter is not so good, especially when you breathe it. Your skin does look great. Doesn't it look great? What's his, What's your secret? I hate you, Vincent. This is crazy. Okay, walking through your repertoire. I say this because my wife, she's from Brazil. She has great skin, but she does these little cream treatment things and stuff. And she's got me starting now. But you have to have some kind of a repertoire just looking at your face, your skin. What do you do? I told you, my wife is younger than me. She kept me young. You know what I mean? Excellent. Okay. We can look into that many ways. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. All right. Very <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, Vincent, do you have any thoughts or questions for Frank and Yana? So, when, when you travel around all these countries, I'm sure sometimes you don't have the proper tools to work with. Do you bring your own tools to do those demos or do they have that stuff on site? What about the, the electricity? You know, in Europe, it's 220. If you bring your equipment in the U.S., for example, it's 110. It won't work. What are the challenges? You know, because sometimes you go do consulting somewhere. They're very well equipped. And then sometimes I'm sure you show up somewhere where there's n nothing to work with. And then you have to do all that. Most of the places overseas which contact the school, are, they have quite a bit of money to spend on the consulting. So normally they are quite well equipped. A lot of the places which you go to in France are probably boulangeries and patisseries who maybe they don't have a bar mix or they don't have little things like the maries or all that. So essentially we bring our own, but normally for overseas ones, they have everything. Yeah, but usually we take some stuff with us every time. We have one language for the personal stuff, one language for the professional stuff. Because we know that they, they say, oh, we have everything, but when we are there, Sometimes when we miss something and we don't have it. So it's better to organize. I'm asking because one time I did a class, I was teaching a class in Orlando and then I showed up and somebody took my suitcase, <gasps> the wrong suitcase, you know what I mean? And I had the class the next day. I had all my equipment. I had everything in there. But thank God the morning of the class, the airline dropped off my luggage. So I, I got lucky. But another time there was a hurricane and there was no electricity. It was supposed to be a three-day class, and then it ended up to be a two-day class. But, I mean, I'm sure you guys must have some crazy stories also. Yeah, when I was in India, it was in a school, not in a personal boutique, but on the school. They always have some problem with the electricity. It's stuck down, so they use the generator. Mm. And because sometimes no electricity during we work. <laughs> <laughs> that means you work in the dark too, right? Yeah, and no, no freezer, no induction, no mixer, nothing. But all female students, like you guys tend to work with females in the dark? What? <laughs> hey. Just checking. Yeah, come on, knock that off. <laughs> no, but seriously, sometimes uh, we get uh, trouble when we go out. It's not, uh, at school we are comfortable because everything is almost perfect. And actually, of all the countries you travel to, which one is easier? Which one has, I won't say is more talented, but, you know, some countries people learn faster and they get it right away. Some countries it's a little harder, takes a little longer. Which one? I never travel. Nobody asked me to travel. So how do you answer that question? <laughs> okay. How about Frank and Jan? Any questions or thoughts for Vincent? I know that Frank's been here. Vincent, do you have a boutique in uh, your hotel? No, we don't have a boutique. Well, we have a little coffee shop and things like that, but we don't have a 
which which I would love to, of course. Yeah, because the major hotel uh, have one boutique inside usually. The only two hotels that have a boutique is uh, Aria and Bellagio because of Jean Philippe uh, before. But the MGM Corporation, which is MGM, Aria, Bellagio, Mandarabe, Luxor, Excalibur, you know, they just bought the Cosmo. That was a year ago in May. So I'm hoping that MGM eventually down the road will build a patisserie in the hotel. That'd be nice. Ah, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Do you do uh, high tea as well? No. That could be something that would be really interesting one day as well. For But that would be a lot more extra work. I imagine you already have enough work. <laughs> You're talking about the high tea, like mini pastries with a tea? Yeah, like a tea time or something like that. I would love to, but it depends also. Like, for example, Bellagio gets more of the Asian crowd. I don't know if you've been to the Cosmo before. I've never been to the US ever. Never visited the US. Oh, you need to come. Both of you guys, actually. Yeah, I would love to. Huh? It'd be fun. But the Cosmo, so the Bellagio is very classic luxury, where the Cosmo is more uh, modern luxury. It's a much, much more modern hotel. More, how do you call it? Contemporary? No. Contemporary, yeah. Contemporary. So... Haiti would be more for the Bellagio, for that crowd. You know I mean, us, we get the Asian guest, but it's more the younger crowd, you know, with money, but different type of guest, you know what I mean? And then there's Mandarin Oriental. They, no, it's not Mandarin anymore. They got both. But when it was a Mandarin Oriental, they had a Haiti place. It was beautiful with a beautiful view of the city. And then they had all these great tea from all around the world and then beautiful little pastries. It was nice. It's not there no more. That sounds cool. Now we need to go to Vegas one day. It's Vegas, right? Yeah, Vegas. Yeah, Las Vegas. So, Vincent, if they do come out, you'll get a free room night or two for them? Or you get at least a discount or what? (laughs) I'll work my magic. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) I'm coming tomorrow. (laughs) Anything else that we want to add here before we finish the podcast? This has been great having all of you. Any other final thoughts or questions? Um, When are you inviting us? (laughs) <laughs> that phone ringing again I tell you that darn it's uh, as far as the Cosmo it's an open uh, invitation or Las Vegas you guys show up uh, anytime and you have a place here to stay oh that's nice. nice thank you well before we close here I was noting earlier that all three of you have such nice melodic voices it's great to hear you again it's been a while yes and I understand <laughs> that Yana likes to sing so I'm going to ask Yana to close here with a little bit of a song Anything you choose, um, you can improvise just so we can hear your voice in a singing form. Honestly, when people ask me to sing, I, that's when my head goes blank and I cannot think of any songs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd put you on the spot. Well, listen, <laughs> so thanks. Thank you again, all of you. <clears throat> <laughs> now, Frank, that means you have to cover for it. Let's go. <laughs> go. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> Vincent, no? Oh, no, no, you don't want that. <laughs> well... We have enough rain here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I might need a drink or two. Yeah. When we get everybody out together, we'll have to have that drink. Thank you very much, all of you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at believe.com. And follow us at Instagram at Yana Lai, at Frank Columbi, at Vincent Pilon, and at Patrick Honeywell.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.